Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. May apply. The following program is sponsored by Rosenthal Wealth Management. It's time now for Making Money Sense, live with Larry Rosenthal. Larry is recognized as one of the nation's leading financial and retirement planners and is here to answer your questions right now. Author, speaker, and talk show host Larry Rosenthal is dedicated to teaching others financial stewardship from a biblical point of view. Call Larry now. Studio lines are open at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Making Money Sense is on the air. Welcome once again to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. And here he is, our financial and retirement expert here in studio. Once again, Larry Rosenthal himself. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Chris. And how are you today? Oh, I'm uh, I'm loving it. I'm loving the uh, the new colder weather. It's been a little rough on some of the folks in the East Coast, but uh, you know, still I'm loving it. How about you? It is a bit brisk out, isn't it? But it feels good. <laughs> Fall's here, right? Yeah, fall is here. Bring it in. Bring it on in. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Here again, I'd like to list, like to welcome our new listeners on Sirius XM Family Talk Nationwide Channel One Thirty One, as well as our our longtime listeners in the D.C. metro area, being simulcast on WAVA One Hundred Five Point One FM. You know, I like to start the show off each week with a little bit about what's going on in the markets and the economy. And we have had some changes now. You know, for the longest time, it's been just three or four things. But we kind of got rid of one thing called the election. And now we've got another thing that we're looking at. One uh, big thing. Yeah, which is the Brexit. So, you know, the markets year to date, despite all the volatility that we've had, the the Dow is up 2.8%. The NASDAQ's up just a hair under 5 And the S&P's up about 2.34% for the year. So it's not negative year-to-date, but, you know, it's not stellar like it was last year in 2017 either. At the same time, we're starting to see some normal volatility in the markets, some pricing readjustments, and, and things are going to be okay here. The 10-year bond closed at 3.06% yesterday, which is, which is fine. But the markets are basically trading on, Chris, a few things. Uh, interest rate concerns, which we'll talk about in a moment, corporate earnings, trade and tariffs, and, and then the Brexit. So there's been some issues with the Brexit you know, which which they took a vote on a few years ago, and now it's all coming to fruition on, on what's going to happen there. But there's there's some concerns uh, in the global economy with, you know, is, is, is it going to be a chaotic Brexit? Is it going to be uh, an easy uh, scenario? What, what exactly is the story here with it all? That's what's really going on. So there's lots of negotiations between the U.K. and the E.U. this, this past week over agreeing on on what type of uh, you know what's going to be involved in the treaty people people are resigning you know is there going to be hard borders soft borders what's going to be happening so stay tuned for all of this you know they're they're, they're scheduled to have some sort of a, a, a summit coming up here November 25th and then um, you know the UK parliament's expected to vote 
on all this stuff in mid-December. So that's going to weigh on the markets. It's going to have some concerns. And, and you know, the bottom line here is, is, you know, the markets, again, like clarity of direction. So we're just going to have to wait and see how that plays out. <clears throat> then on top of that, some very interesting news here with uh, China and trade this past week, which, you know, the market has its eye on in, in a very, you know, uh, keen way it's 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 looking at this big time because of the the size of the trading partners that 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 this undertakes between us and China and president trump said he's going to hold off on on uh, the next round of tariffs and um president xi in china also said you know hey we we might be willing to make some concessions here uh on us property uh protections open some markets to key sectors and and even looking uh doing as, uh, such things as as purchasing soybeans again so Things look like maybe they're they're opening up for discussion. What does that mean? Who knows which way these things can go? But I think at the end of the day here, if the markets, um, if if we do get some sort of a a relaxing or some sort of a deal with trade, I think it's going to bode very well for the markets as well as the global economy, also supply chains and things of that nature. Then on top of that. Really good news with with corporate earnings. Over ninety percent of the S and P five hundred companies have reported, Chris. And they are just blowing the earnings out this quarter here. You just, gotta love it. I mean, it is huge. You know, people are starting to right now. Um, earnings are up twenty five point seven percent over third quarter last year, and 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 questions are are already mounting. You know, what's going to happen next year? You know, third How quarter of two thousand and nineteen. You know, if if we get a ten percent growth, it's going to be down from the year before. You know, so it's kind of like, are you <laughs> kidding me? You're still growing. So, a- anyway, the the you know, in in conclusion of the little economic thing that we're doing here this morning, the markets uh, are are just looking for clarity of direction on on trade, on the Brexit, and then of course interest rates. You know, uh, Jerome Powell spoke the other day, and he's talking about. I thought he was kind of hinting around as rate hikes in the future may become data-dependent rather than just, just continuing to go up, which is good news. That's what the market wants to see. That's what the market wants to, to hear so they can get a grip on, on you know, which how high rates are going to go. So uh, bottom line, things look pretty good. Stay diversified in your portfolios. Understand what you own right now. There hasn't been much of a rotation. Usually when you see the markets pull back like this, money's coming out of one sector and going towards another. That really hasn't happened here. It's been going into cash. A lot of people felt it would go towards financials or go towards utilities or things like that, but that's not the case at all right now. So stay tuned. Let's see what happens here in the Is coming like a normal cor- correction, do you think? Yeah. You know, it's just a, it's just a pullback here, and it, and, and from the high, yes, but, but it, the market's still positive for the year. So it's you know it's not a bad story at this particular point it's a story of saying hey you know what we're entering the final stages of the, of a business cycle now how long can that stage last 5 months or, or 2 years and the answer is yes so we have to wait and see you know how the how the information comes out but all eyes are going to be on the fed in 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 december here so we've got a lot of stuff coming up that will move the markets in december the brexit vote we also have uh, trade with with China and other partners, and and big Fed big Fed news coming out of uh, D.C. in December as well. So, lots of good news to stay tuned for. Hopefully, you know it all it all lends the way everybody wants it to go. But um, you know, so and, and and coming up this 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 next week here, the week of Thanksgiving, 
Here we've got housing starts and building permits that are coming out, durable orders, and and those are some big market-moving indicators in in our economy too. So speaking of the week of Thanksgiving, you know, I always yes, ask sir. you this time of year, what's going on the grill? What's the story? You know, we're you uh, deep fry a couple of turkeys. How's that okay. sound? Right? Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. yeah excited yeah. about that. So there's all kinds of ways to cook turkeys, Chris. You know that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, uh, you know, hey, now that we're on uh, XM Nationwide, do you want to open up your backyard oh, to the country <laughs> to have them come over? Yeah, we'll just have your, people parachute your, your in. turkey dinner? Yeah, there you go. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think exactly. that's going to happen. So. Hey, we're going to take a quick break here. Give us a ring here with any of your financial planning or investment questions. If you have questions on the stock market. On your 401k plan, on estate planning, on insurance, whatever's on your mind today, let's make it open mic Saturday morning. Whatever topic you'd like to discuss, give us a call. Be happy to answer your questions. 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. I'm Larry Rosenthal. We'll be back in a moment with more of your Making Money Sense. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Remember those kids that you keep your kids away from? Those kids that society doesn't seem to know what to do with? That kid you saw on the street corner last week? Remember that kid that, well, you feel sorry for? The dropout, the pregnant teen, the drug addict. Those are the kids that Youth for Tomorrow wants to reach. And Youth for Tomorrow has reached nearly 800 children since opening its doors in 1986. That's 800 young men and women helped to become responsible and effective members of society. The founder and chairman of Youth for Tomorrow, former Washington Redskins coach and current NASCAR team owner Joe Gibbs, says if we don't do what we can to influence our young people, there are plenty of others who will in the wrong direction. For more information about Youth for Tomorrow, call 703-368-7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org. You can help turn a negative into a positive. Call 703-368-7995 or go to youthfortomorrow.org. You're listening to the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. If you'd like to dial in, you can go ahead and do so at 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123. In fact, we've got uh, we've got uh, Aaron on the line with us here this morning. Aaron, go ahead. Go ahead, Aaron. All righty. Um, I have a savings bond that when I was working for the government for about five years, I was investing in savings bonds, but... I received those bonds, but I've never cashed them in. And now I'm wondering, what should I do with them? What type of investment should I do? Should I cash them in? And this has been about 15 years ago. So, Aaron, what you need to do, have you seen what the value is? Have you gone to Treasury.gov and seen the value? I have not. Okay, so so if you go to uh, the, the Treasury's website, Treasury.gov, there's a okay. spreadsheet there that you can type in the serial numbers on the bonds, and they will tell you what they're worth, the interest made to date, and what they're currently earning, if anything at all. Okay. And then if you cash them in, then you'll see what your taxes are on them, too. 
Okay. But there's a good chance, though, that they're not earning a, an effective enough rate of return. And you can, you know, if your investment objective is more of a longer term period of time, then you might want to cash them in and put them into a well balanced mutual fund or ETF. Okay. Cause I, because I no longer work for the federal government now. That's mm-hmm. why I was wondering what. Yeah, and a lot of people will do their payroll deduction government bonds, and there's nothing wrong with that at all by any means at all. It is a good way to, to save, but the question is, is these are these bonds working well for you and your family in, in keeping pace with taxes and inflation over a longer period of time? That's what we really have to look at. Okay, and you said to uh, place them in a well-balanced, I didn't get the last part. Yeah, a, a good growth-oriented mutual fund, depending on your time horizon. As a matter of fact, I have I have uh, one a lady in my office who does this uh, every once in a while for clients. She'll she'll sit down with them and type in the serial numbers. If you want, I can have her reach out to you and and get you some assistance on how to go about doing that and creating the spreadsheet so that you can see what what you're what you're invested in. Some of the bonds may be earning a, a decent interest rate depending on how long ago you purchased them. So we just don't want to whole, you know, wholesalely sell all the bonds. We want to look at each one first to see wh- exactly what they're earning for you. Okay. Okay, that sounds good. Yeah. So it's Treasury.gov, and if you want, we can we can send you out a link or some information on that, or or have uh, one of the people in our office uh, help you, you know, show you how to type it all in if you want. It, it's very easy to do. But the the key here is to make sure that we're just not throwing, you know, cashing in a bond that we'd look at and go, hey, that one we might want to keep, whereas these other ones we might want to sell off. Right. Okay, that sounds great. Yes, I I would greatly appreciate that information. Sure, absolutely. We'll place you on hold, and uh, you have a great weekend. Appreciate the phone call. 855-767-3123. If you'd like to dial in and talk to Larry Rosenthal, 855-767-3123. Larry? Let's welcome Zan on the line from Missouri. Good morning, Zan. How are you today? Thank you. I'm well, thank you. Sure. How can I help you? Um, I have a moderate to aggressive risk profile when it comes to stocks. And I'm curious about your thoughts, how much that I should have, and an allocation relative to uh, emerging market or and international and U.S. domestic. How much should I have in each percentage-wise? Well, out of those three categories that you just talked about, Zan, the emerging markets have been beaten up the last year and a half. So from a, a getting in towards the bottom of, of, of an asset class, emerging markets represents a great opportunity for you as far as that goes today. The question becomes, is the knife done falling? You know, are, are you going to be catching a falling knife there? Are you, are you good, and, and then how long until it comes back? So there's some headwinds against emerging markets right now, and that is trade deals around the world, the rising dollar. But people are starting to pay, pay attention to emerging markets because it's been beaten up so bad. So if you're the type of an investor who says, you know, I want to buy when it's really bloody, when it's bad out there, when it's really down – then the emerging markets are a good opportunity to, to get there. As far as the percentage goes of, of domestic versus international developed and emerging markets international, you know, uh, as far as how you want to mix it all up, that really is going to go to your risk tolerance. You know, the rule of thumb here is the further you are away from the S&P 500, the more volatility or more risk you're taking on. So emerging markets are the most risky out of the three asset classes you talked about, emerging markets, 
international developed and then domestic uh, uh, stocks here. So, the, uh, again, I, I would have to, you know, give you a risk tolerance questionnaire, eight or nine questions to find out exactly how, you know, where you, you lie on that. But the emerging markets out of those three is the most aggressive asset class that you had mentioned. Does that make sense? Oop, you still there, Zan? Yeah. Yes, I am. Thank you okay. very much. Yeah. I think I'm having trouble trouble hearing him. Let's go ahead and move on over to uh, Fort Washington and welcome Mary on the line. Good morning, Mary. How are you today? Good morning. Good morning. I have a quick question. If you can kind of explain or walk through a little bit about stock options, how to purchase them, are they a good idea for your portfolio? Um, and I don't have to stay on the line for it, but if you could just kind of explain that a little bit, I would appreciate it. Absolutely, Mary. So stock options are a great way to hedge, enhance, enhance growth, and, and create cash in your portfolio. There's, there's lots of different ways to do them, and, and the stock option world ranges from conservative strategies to very risky and aggressive strategies, such things as simple as what you call covered call writing. So basically, we'll, I'll just break that down for you without getting into a, you know, a, a two-hour uh, explanation on it all, but... If you, if you believe that a stock, let's suppose a stock is trading at $90 a share, and you believe at some point down the road it's going to get, it's not going to get to $100 a share, let's say by June of the following year, then you can sell somebody the right to buy that stock from you if it gets over $100 a share before that expiration date of June of, let's say, next year. So they're going to pay you a few hundred dollars or so for the right to buy it from you. So if the stock and and you know next June goes from 90 to 98, it never went above 100. So you get to keep that premium that they gave you, those few hundred dollars, and you still own the stock. On the other hand, suppose the stock blows through that hundred dollar mark by May of next year, and it's at 110, then they may call you. They may call the stock away from you at at $100. So you get the appreciation from $90 to $100 plus the premium of a few hundred dollars they gave you for the right to call it away. Then the stock's trading at $110. They're buying it from you at $100. So in that scenario, both people will kind of win from that position there. So you can basically enhance your portfolio by doing what we call covered call writing, where you're just getting cash infused into the portfolio through the collection of premiums of options. There's so many different ways to do this, Mary. You can do it if you believe the stock's prices are going to move up or if the prices are going to move down. You can do spreads. You can do all kinds of things. So if the stock stays in a trading range, you're getting it on both sides. You need to get a lot of education on it, and I would sit down. I would recommend sitting down with somebody who knows how to do this. We actually have someone in our office that does this for for, for clients. So uh, it takes a, a special, you know, it, it takes some expertise so that you don't get hurt on it. But if you wanted to start with simply something called covered call writing, you can Google that up. Covered call writing. You can go to Investopedia, and they have a little. Uh, they actually have a little video on how cover call writing works for yourself. So, hey, listen to Making Money Sense. Give us a ring here at eight five five Rose one two three. As you can see, it's open mic Saturday. Any questions at all, whether it's your allocations or stock options, give us a call eight five five Rose one two three. We're back in a moment with more Making Money Sense. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. 
Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Here's a quick tip for you. Remember, it's time in the market, not necessarily timing. Stay away from lots of buy-sell transactions. Find quality, buy it, and hold it until the quality goes away or your investment objectives change. It's time in the market, not necessarily timing. If you'd like more information on proper investing, then go visit my website at LarryRosenthal.com or simply give us a call at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. That's 855-767-3123. You've seen and heard him on Fox Business, CNBC, and The Wall Street Journal. Larry Rosenthal is here right now to take your calls at 855-767-3123. That's 855-ROSE-123. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show. So, Larry, are we busing them to your house for uh, Thanksgiving or flying them in or, or what? Well, sure, everybody's welcome, Chris. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know that. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Do you have any traditions that you do every year for Thanksgiving that you – kind of could share with us and we can I think just the normal stuff you know we all take do take a minute and and tell everybody what we're thankful for family yeah 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 so I think just sort of normal normal traditional stuff yeah um so yeah I mean nothing nothing special anything in the smoker this year we're gonna no no not smoking any turkeys this year no okay no no we're gonna do a different thing so it's all good but we're gonna eat just like everybody else, <laughs> food, which is a good thing. Food, this is food this time of year, absolutely. Yep. Be very thankful. Thankful for the Lord, thankful for family, friends, good health, everything. Oh, absolutely. You know, it's, it, you know looking, looking in Proverbs 23, verse 4 and 5, it says, Do not worry yourself to gain wealth. You know, cease from your consideration of it. When you set your eyes on it, it's gone. For wealth certainly, you know, uh, you know uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Makes itself uh, wing, wings like an e- like an eagle that flies flies away. You know, if you if you're just out there trying to always create wealth for yourself, that's really not the purpose of it and how you want to go about doing it. And and in looking at uh, some, I'm bringing this up because I just saw some surveys that come through. I get all kinds of numbers every week that comes through. And 35 percent of of people, this is at the end of 2017, the latest data. Um, out there uh, by by Transamerica re- Retirement Surveys, talking about in in 2017, 35 percent of people said that they were putting in a 10 percent into their pre-tax savings in their 401k. And the article, you know, people are going on and on about talking about all this, and and I'm sitting there going, you know, that's not the right question. You're not going down the right road here, because the the question is not, you know, what percent do you need to save. The the question is. When you run a financial plan, what does that tell you you need to save? My, my point is people just think, oh, I'm going to save 5 or 10 or 15 or 20 percent or whatever it is that they're going to try and save. That's great. I love it. But what are you saving it towards? What is the objective? What is the goal? And how much do you need to set aside in order to accomplish that goal? I was explaining to a, a, a new client the other day because she was really struggling with this. 
on, well, how much do I need to save? And, and how much do I know that I need to save? And am I saving enough, too much, too little? And I explained to her, so we built out a financial plan. And this is what people need to understand. This is what I want everybody to, to pay attention to. You can go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and click on the, the – the, there's a video on the front page that explains this, how a financial plan really looks and functions. And, and I said, let's just take your standard of living today. You know, after you get your paycheck, after taxes are taken out, health care, 401k contributions, your net income comes in, are you living off of that? And the answer is, yeah, I'm living off of that. I save a little bit extra, but I'm mainly living off of it. That's your standard of living. Back that into a financial plan. Apply taxes and inflation to it. Then it'll tell you, hey, this is exactly how much you need to save in order to keep pace with taxes and inflation up to and through your retirement years. So it's not necessarily a function of, quote-unquote, how much are you saving. It's are we saving the right amount in order to accomplish your standard of living that you want to have take place in retirement years. That's one of the things that, that people overlook. They're, they're asking sometimes the, actually the wrong question when it comes to their retirement planning. Hey, let's go ahead and welcome Gregory on the line from Maryland. Good morning, Gregory. How are you today? You still He's, with us, Greg? Hello? Well, I guess he's uh, not with us at the moment. Hopefully you'll put him on hold. I think we lost him there. Yeah, put him back on hold there. So my, my point there, Chris, is pretty simple, and that is, you know, are you backing into the right amount? And, again, you can go to my website, LarryRosenthal.com, and just check it out there on the, on the front screen uh, on, on the first page with, with a video that explains a lot of how a financial plan really works and functions and, and, and needs to really look. And, and that's pretty much the way that you should back into that type of a question. But I am glad to see people saving. There's no doubt about it. And and the, one of the best ways to do it is through your your retirement plans at work, especially if you're getting a match on that retirement plan. So, and uh, also each week we we put up a subject matter that we're going to highlight and talk about on the radio show here. And again, go to my website LarryRosenthal.com and just click on the radio tab. And this week we're talking about. Um, insurance needs assessments for empty nesters and retirees, okay? I've got a big article out, out there. Feel free to download it and, and take a look at it because some of the top questions that I get uh, from people are, you know, hey, do I still need all this type of insurance or am I carrying the correct type of insurance now that I'm an empty nester or I'm, a, or, or I'm in retirement or I'm a pre-retiree? You know, uh, you know, the, the, to, with children out of the house, financial priorities become a little different. You're focusing more on retirement, you know, and at that stage of your life, you're probably in your high income earning years trying to pack away as much as you can for retirement. Do you have the right type of, of, of insurance uh, in, in place? And some of the questions really circle around, you know, home insurance, health insurance, disability insurance. But most of the questions focus on long-term care and life insurance. And a lot of times people will will have their life insurance policies for all these years for the, you know, I love my family type policies. If, if something happens, that, you know, it protects your income. What do you do with that policy? When the kids are grown out of the house, you have very little debt. The, the house may be uh, paid for or a very small mortgage on it. Then, then what do you do at, at that particular point with that insurance policy? Do you cash it in or do you keep it? and use it as a tax-free legacy plan. 
And a lot of people will, you have the opportunity to stop paying your premiums on it if there's sufficient cash value in there. And you can just use it as a tax-free inheritance, maybe to help, you know, grandkids fund college someday or different things like that. But go to my website, download it there. You know, what what do we do now that, that you're retired with empty or an empty nester or soon to be retired with your old old insurance policies and things of that nature? Let's welcome Vicki on the line from Indiana. Good morning, uh, uh, Vicki. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thank you for taking my call. Yes, I am uh, wondering, I have a brokerage account and the money is deducted from that account for fees. Now, I wonder what is the difference between that and setting a fixed fee for the financial advisor? Well, so, you know, so we work with clients on a fixed fee or on an asset-based fee. It just depends. It's just pure negotiable with you and your advisor. You know, you, okay. if as, as the um, accounts go up in value, the advisor could make more money. As the accounts go down in value, the advisor will make less money. Uh, so it's it's you know it, it, it's a two-edged sword from the standpoint of if you're paying a fixed fee and your account goes up, up, and up, you like it better. But if you're paying a fixed fee and the account's going down, you're not liking it so much, right? So <laughs> absolutely, anytime <laughs> it goes down, we don't like it. Exactly, no one does, Vicky. So, you know, just talk to your advisor and just say, you know, what's reasonable as far as the work you're doing versus what I'm paying? And and I'm sure he or she will sit down and and negotiate it and and explain it to you uh, on how they feel about it, what they feel is is reasonable compensation. And you you two can just talk about it. Okay. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your advice. Sure, you have a wonderful week, and happy Thanksgiving. You can listen to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Let's swing back over to Maryland and welcome Greg on the line. Good morning, Greg. How are you? Great, thanks. Thanks for asking. How are you doing this morning? I'm wonderful. Wonderful. It's Thanksgiving week. How can yeah, I help you, right. sir? Yep. Yeah, I'm, uh, uh, I am 66, and I've been retired for about eight years. And I've been living off my annuity from my job or my re- retirement pay off of my job. However, I had some extra on, in a 401k. I'm under 70, and I decided, well, why wait? Uh, why don't I just uh, open that thing up? But if I open it up and, and when I turn 70, will I be required to make distribution at a certain rate? Yes, sir. So let me understand what you mean by opening it up. Do you mean starting to take some income out of it now? Exactly. Yes. So any income that you take out of it now has nothing to do whatsoever with the rules once you turn 70 and a half. When When it comes to retirement planning rules, there are very specific rules that govern us under age 59 and a half and over age 70 and a half. But between 59 and a half and 70 and a half, the IRS doesn't care what we do with it, okay? So, so whatever the balance is at 70 and a half, that's when you're going to have to start taking your required minimum distribution. And, yes, you will be required to take a minimum out each year. You can always take more out, Greg, if you wish. But if you fail to take out the minimum, then you have to pay a 50% tax penalty plus income taxes on the amount of money 
that that uh, you should have pulled out. For example, let's suppose that your required minimum distribution at age 70 and a half, Greg, says you have to take out $10,000, and you decide I'm not taking it out. So you have a $5,000 penalty plus income taxes on the 10000 that you need to take out. It gets very, very expensive. So that's why it's important that when you get to age 70 and a half, you really are watching the required minimum distribution. Make sure that you or your advisor have a, have a, a program set up. You know, we, we have a, a – it's very important that, that, that you make sure that that happens. So what a lot of people will do is they, they may have money at an old employer's 401K plan, maybe money at the government TSP, maybe an IRA in this bank, maybe an IRA in that brokerage account, different things like that. They will look to merge it all together into one IRA account. You can still have the different investments diversified. That's fine. But a lot of people will merge it into one IRA account. That way you can keep track and manage the required minimum distribution a lot easier than having multiple IRAs laying all around the place. I have consolidated into one IRA. It is one IRA. Okay, good. Right now, I, I did have it in. Uh, I kept it with the federal government for a, a couple of years, and then I, I, I finally um, moved it to um, CDs, and I just um, moved it from interest rate. Uh, whichever bank has the highest interest rate, I've been moving it around. But I'm deciding to uh, un, um, take some distribution out. Is it good to take the distribution that will be required at 70, or is it just just take out whatever I can, and once I come to 70, then re-evaluate re- how much I will have to take at that point? Well, there's a schedule that's published that, that will tell you how much you have to take out on a minimum basis at 70 and a half and every year thereafter. But between now and then, take out what you need to live off of if you need if you need any of it at all. Uh, also, you mentioned that the money's in CD, so I want to make sure that you also have other dollars, too, that have a, a chance to grow a little bit larger than that of a bank CD rate because you, you need to make sure that, that long-term, Greg, your money outpaces both taxes and inflation and, and fees, for that matter, because that's the net dollar that you can really take into the grocery store and buy goods with. And keeping the money all in CDs, it's good from the standpoint of principal protection, but it's not so good from the standpoint of making sure you're keeping pace with your purchasing power down the road because cost of goods and services will go up higher than the interest will give you on bank CDs traditionally. So make sure that, that you have the opportunity to, to take a look at, at your overall savings and investment strategy, um, that you're not being too conservative with it. Okay. 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 I'll tell you what. I'll put you on hold, and I'll send you out some information on on that on how to how to look at diversifying to to get everything done as well as your required minimum distribution. Okay. Well, Appreciate the phone call. Well. Happy Thanksgiving. You're listening to Making Money Sense, the Larry Rosenthal Show. Give us a ring here at eight five five Rose one two three. That's eight five five seven six seven three one two three. Don't forget, visit my website, LarryRosenthal.com. You can download our articles that we're talking about here. This morning on the radio show, as well as viewing what the financial plan video looks like to, to compare with how 
you're doing your financial planning. When, I, turn, when I turn 70 and a half, Larry, I'm going to have a, a party, and we're going to have – I'm not, not going to forget that day. We're going to have lights. It's going to be a big thing, right? That's that's how I'm not going to forget. There you go. 50 percent's a big – it's a big hit. It is. It is. And, you know, and, and uh, there was some talk earlier this year in the springtime about about changing – the age 70 and a half distribution rule they were looking at moving it out to to, to as far as age 74 so i don't know if that's going to happen you know or if it's still on the table up there but there were all kinds of different tax things being floated around in the spring this year about another you know tax uh another tax changing scenario and it does make sense too because if you need the money it's there if you don't need the money why not let it continue to grow tax deferred Here's the scenario on that. The reason that you have to take money out of your, your retirement plans at 70 and a half is because the IRS goes, hey, look at all this compound interest tax deferral for all these years. That pile looks pretty big. We want to get our slice of it. I get that and understand it. At the same time, how big will the pile be if it grows even more for another four years? So everybody's in a win-win scenario there. Uh, the, the government will get higher tax revenue because it's on a, the same percentage on a higher piece of the pie. And us as investors will get a higher percentage, too, because it gets to grow for more years. And a lot of people are taking their required distributions out, Chris, and they're, they're paying the tax on it, turning it right around and reinvesting it back into another investment account because they don't need the dollars. Now, on the other hand, if you need the money, then it's there for you. Uh, so, so you know, it's it's, it's important to really take, take take a good look at it uh, in, in planning. That's that's a big part of planning. It also affects your taxation with possibly Social Security. It affects your your Medicare premiums if it moves you up to a higher level. So, lots of tax planning when it comes to your required distributions. Let's shoot on over to uh, Tennessee here and, and welcome Don on the line. Good morning, Don. How are you today? doing well yeah i was just sitting here thinking about i'm i'm i got a small business and i'm about 35 percent tax bracket and every year i'm struggling whether i should take a backdoor roth or not i can't take a regular roth but the question is should i pay the taxes on the front on the front end now to enjoy the tax-free growth or am i going to suffer just as much in the back end when i i mean I mean, I'm I'm imagining I'm going to have a, a high required minimum distribution, so I'm thinking I'm going to suffer just as much in the back end. So why pay 35% on the front end? That's that's my financial planning question. I I never know. I mean, I'm I make I don't know. I'm making some somewhere around 400,000 a year, and I just don't know if I should take do the backdoor Roth or just not or wait and just not worry about the backdoor Roth and, and just do a regular IRA, like a SEP IRA, and not worry about my Roth. So, Don, here, here here's the bottom line to this. I, I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm, I'm listening. Okay, here's the bottom line to this. I, I actually teach a, 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 a tax allocation class on, on some of this stuff here. And so when you take a look at how much money you've saved in retirement plans, that's all pre-taxed, one of the biggest questions or one of the biggest complaints that people have in retirement is, gee, I don't have any deductions left or very few, and now all my money that's coming out is taxable to me. That's the problem. So if I marched 100 financial advisors in the studio this morning from around the country, the first third are going to tell you, put it all in pre-tax. The second third are going to tell you, put it all on the Roth side. 
I'm an advisor who wants it on both sides, okay? I recognize the value of a tax deduction today, but I also want us to have tax-free money down the road in retirement. One of the advantages today is even though you're a high-income earner, your tax bracket has dropped a little bit. So it does make the sense from that standpoint to put money on the Roth side. What you can do in your case is you can have money going in both because you can, you can put money in a pre-tax retirement plan today and get that tax deduction. And because of your income, you can also backdoor Roth, meaning you can make a contribution to an IRA, not deduct it, and then convert it over into a Roth. It's called backdooring a Roth, which is what you mentioned. This way, it's enabling you to get your, your dollars on both sides of that tax allocation strategy. At, you know, if, if you stop and think about the money on the pre-tax side of the ledger in the traditional 401Ks and, and SEP IRAs and things like that, you control 100% of that money. You can direct the investments with it. You can do whatever it is you want with it. But you only own 65% of it because when that money comes out, you have to pay tax on it. So that's the scenario is, is what we're really talking about here is tax allocation, Don. So stop and ask yourself, what percent of my money has never been taxed before? And then do you want to get more money onto the tax-free side of things? So, so that's really the, the, the big deal there. You, you, you understand the playing field well. It's a matter of cash flow. I don't know what your total cash flow is or what your, your, your allocations to pre-tax versus Roth are, but, but take a good look at it because I'll tell you this, many, many retired people all across the country are complaining about the level of taxation they have to pay once they're starting to pull the money out, especially at the age 70 and a half when they're forced to take the dollars out. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I, I got another question, I maybe a little unrelated to this one. My my employees don't seem to enjoy the uh, SEP IRA. They want the money right now. So so they'd re- they would rather have a, I guess what I'm saying, they would rather have a higher income than making the 20% bonus at the end of the year on their on their income that they had on the SEP IRA. So if I take if I take my 20% of my income, my first 400, um, whatever, my first 20%, they, I have to give them the same 20%. And I'm finding that's really not a great, they don't really like that. It's weird, but they would rather have the money right when they, as they make the money. So my question is, do you have any other financial planning from an IRA standpoint that I can help my employees and still get some help myself? Yes, Don, how many employees do you have? Three. Okay. Um, small business, very small business. It's a very lucrative business, but it's very small. And, and I mean, and these employees, I, I, I think I pay them well. I just, I just want to reward them, but I want them to feel rewarded. And so far when I give them the step, I mean, I, it's weird, but they are like, I wish I had more money in the, coming every paycheck. Understood, and and you can you can bonus them in in your paychecks, and and I understand that you may want to look into a small four hundred one k plan as well. That will enable you to still help yourself out because you can do what's called a safe harbor matching contribution. So you can max that out for yourself, and all you need to do is match your employees three percent, and then you can put money in their plan, and you can bonus their paychecks as well. And your cash flow may come out to be pretty close to what it is right now. 
but I understand it. You know, I mean, it's it's a balanced mix on on how you're you're having to do that, and a, a lot of small employers start off with exactly what you're talking about. And and as I've as I've have worked with small business owners over the years, it it, it evolves into giving them more comp in their paychecks today, but also making sure that you're putting something away for them towards retirement as well and giving them the freedom to select to put money into retirement plan in addition to what your contributions are. And maybe it's time that you look at a small 401k plan to, to be able to, to do that uh, for, for yourself and your employees. There's a little bit more flexibility to, to handle both sides of that in, in that type of an arena. So what's the maximum that I as an employer could put put in an IRA at a safe harbor type of a plan? I've heard of that plan before. I'm not super familiar with it, but I've heard of the it's like a private a profit sharing safe harbor plan. Yeah, so you can put about? in yeah you can put in your contributions up to the federal guideline limits. Uh, are you under or over fifty? I'm I'm under fifty. So I think it's eighteen thousand this year plus an employer match plus a profit sharing contribution not to exceed 52,000 so i can do almost the same as a step is what you're saying it's pretty close to it's, it's in the same ballpark yeah i don't i don't have the the sheet here in front of me in the studio but i'm pretty close on those numbers okay so so uh, okay. don't quote me exactly on the on the numbers i just told you there uh, but but that you know that way you can look at giving them the match and putting more money into their paycheck and it may play out to your cash flow being pretty even if you want. If you want, I'll be happy to send you out some information. I can shoot you down an email, sort of sort of break yes, it all down. I would like, I would like that because I want to get educated on this. I'm not, I'm not super. I'm not educated on that very well. I understand the steps. It's so simple, but this I do not. Sure, so, and then uh, you can yeah. also have the, the flexibility there of going Roth 401k or pre-tax 401k. Same with your employees. Yeah. Now, any yeah. matching yeah. money that you do will go on the pre-tax side but you can put your contribution. You can split it fifty percent on the on the pre-tax and fifty percent on the Roth, or eighty twenty, or however it is that you want to do that. Okay. So it might afford you a little bit more flexibility to your tax allocation objectives as well. Don, I'll put you on hold. We'll get your email and we'll send you out some information. Appreciate the phone call. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. You're listening to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal show. Go ahead and dial us up at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. Back in a moment with more of your Making Money Sense. You are listening to Making Money Sense live with Larry Rosenthal. Phone lines are open for your retirement and financial planning questions at 855-ROSE-123. That's 855-767-3123. More Making Money Sense in a moment. Have you ever wanted to be part of something big? Nonprofit organization called Stars Children Africa. Do you want to be a part of something that changes a child's life? Orphans who are high school age who would not have a chance to get education otherwise? Now you can be part of something that brings hope. What we do is we actually pay for the school fees. For about the cost of a new suit, you can change an orphan's future for a whole year. We pay for the school fees, and that averages around $500 to $550 a year total. That means food, lodging, the teaching, the education part, the, the uniform, that whole thing. Call now, 703-201-2494, or go to starschildrenafrica.org. For a dollar and a half a day, one child would be educated for that year in high school. 703 201 2494. Call right now. 
For $500 a year, you can change an orphan's life. 703-201-2494. This is the Larry Rosenthal Show, Making Money Sense. If you'd like to dial in, dial right now, 855-767-3123, 855-ROSE-123 to talk to Larry Rosenthal here in studio, coast to coast, and see the shining sea, Larry. I love saying that. What can I say? Sea is shining sea. Sea too shining. Tongue, tongue yeah, if you do it too fast, it certainly is. Yep. Wonderful, wonderful. Let's shoot on over to Marilyn. And is this Waynessa? Wait. Yes. Good morning, Waynessa. How are you? How can I help I'm you? Good, I'm good. Um, I was listening to your conversation, so I am almost to retire. I have one more year to go. Um. But I started my retirement very late because I came from um, a foreign country. So I started saving some money, but I still have um, not understood much how to collect it and when to collect it. I heard from you as well, also from my job. I, I know that, but I wanted to keep it there because I don't want to waste it. I want to save it for my retirement, but when you just paid it, unless you uh, collect it at 70 and a half, it will be a little bit complicated. So I I just don't have much of a knowledge, but can I hire a financial advisor who can really uh, put me on the track of my retirement? Yes, Waynessa, it sounds like to me that you just sort of need to draw a line in the sand and, and ask the question, if I keep doing what I've been doing, where will I be down the road, and how do I want my retirement picture, my retirement landscape to actually look and feel? And so I, I'll send you out our financial planning toolkit, and basically there, there's no charge. We've sent out thousands of these over the years, and that's essentially what it's going to do for you. We need to just sort of sit down and take, you need to sit down and take a good look at your income and expenses and when you want to retire, and this will help you start to build a financial plan. You can use some tools on our website at LarryRosenthal.com, and this will help assist you in what your planning objectives are, or, or you know, and give you a good view on it all. But that's really what it sounds like you need to do, because if you're going to work for another year, you've got so many dollars saved. You may retire and not work again. You may retire and take a part-time job. There's all different types of scenarios that are going to be included in this in this scenario. So that's what I want to do is, is send you out the financial planning toolkit to start you down the road of building a financial plan, okay? So additional to the paperwork you send me, uh, if you can include, if I can pay and personally to be, uh, sitting with somebody to really advise me. I'm very bad in the, this, um, on, on this field. Yes, we'll have one of our advisors reach out to you with the toolkit, and then you can speak with, with him or her on how to go about doing that, okay? Okay. What, what part Thank in Maryland, where, where in Maryland are you located? Silver Spring, Montgomery County. Okay, we have an office in Catonsville, just outside of Baltimore there. So I'll, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll have one of our advisors over there send you the toolkit, and then you can visit with him or her, okay? Okay, I will. Thank you so much. Absolutely. So, let, me, let me place you on hold there. Appreciate the phone call. You listen to Making Money Sense, Larry Rosenthal Show. Go ahead and give us a ring at 855-ROSE-123, 855-767-3123. Again, go ahead and visit my website this week, Larry Rosenthal, and you can pull down 
the sub, some of the subjects that we talked about today, what to do when you're an empty nester, pre-retire, retired already. What about, you know, you're, you're in your high income earning years at that particular point. You have these old insurance policies. What are you going to be doing with them? Do you want to cash them in? Do you need to change your beneficiaries? And that's another thing, too, is, is making sure that your beneficiaries are always up to date, uh, especially, you know, when, when things change in, in, in life. So let's welcome Joanne on the line. Good morning, Joanne. How are you today? Uh, good morning, Larry. Okay. Yes, My question I... is, I'm um, 68. Maybe I need to turn my radio down. Good morning, Larry. Okay. Yeah, that would be good. There's Perfect. always a little there bit of a go. delay. <laughs> I was hearing myself. Am I in your house? You, you, oh, no. you, you sound pretty good to yourself there, Larry. Good. So I'm 68 now, and I've been retired uh, two and a half years. And I have a federal pension that I live off of. So I haven't taken any money out of my account that I have. I have an uh, IRA uh, that's pretty lucrative, and I have a 413B, 401K. <laughs> you know, I have four different accounts. Okay. So, uh, you know, and this 70, and I'll be 70 and a half in a couple of years. And should I be making some other positive moves now and waiting until I'm 70 and a half and have to take money out and be taxed, you know? Um, well, Joanne, one of, the, one of the scenarios that I've seen people starting to consider now with the new tax brackets being lowered is there's probably a good chance that when you were putting money into the into the government TSP and your 403Bs all along the way in your in your career, that you were putting them in in a higher tax bracket than you may be today when you go to pull them out. Mm-hmm. And so that's an advantage today for many people to take a look at, hey, you know what, why don't I start pulling some of this money out now because we know in 2025, at least today, in 2025, re- tax rates are due to, to go up more. Uh, they're they're, you know, they're, they're going to sunset on, on the new tax brackets that are in there right now. <clears throat> so that's one scenario. At the same time, we also have to address the fact of if you're not needing the money today to live off of, why would we still not let it continue to grow and compound tax-deferred? You know, so so we really have to see how much money we're talking about and what tax brackets you're actually in today. To that's sort of the spreadsheet of the question to to really look at. There's also some other impacts too with dollars in retirement plans. Again, that a lot of people don't need to live off of, and that is, where are you going to put the money? You know, what what do you ultimately want these dollars to do? Do you want them to go to charities, to your heirs, to grandkids? What do you want to do with these dollars? Some people will take the, some of this money and put them into, you know, wealth replacement programs, wealth replacement planning strategies to 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 ensure tax-free distributions to their heirs or, or to charities by, by donating. So there's a lot of things that you can do with that, Joanne. Hey, listen, I, I have to uh, I have to run here. I've got music in my ears, so okay. that means that they're closing down the hour here real quick. I'm going to go ahead and place you on hold, and then I'm going to close out the show, and then I'll pick you back up off the air in about 45 seconds. Is that okay? Okay, thank you. All right, thank just you. let me put you on hold here just a second. We have a few other callers on the line. 
I'll stay in studio and answer questions after we get off the air here. So, again, I want everybody to visit my website if you can, LarryRosenthal.com. Check out the financial planning video that's right there. Look at our newsletters. Go ahead and sign up for our newsletters. Like us on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, I'll be happy to uh, send you out some info there as well. So for Kennedy in the back today answering the phones, doing a great job back there, Miss Kennedy. And for Chris McKay, I'm Larry Rosenthal. Have a wonderful week, and we'll be back next Saturday with another session of Making Money Sense.